Welcome to the Solo Venture Podcast. My name is Lee Payton, and along with co-founder Reese Harris, we'll discuss the tools and mindset you need for successful remote entrepreneurship. So whether you're new to freelancing or have an established online business, we'll help you to earn more, work less, and become irreplaceable. In this episode, we talk to Guillermo Moreno-Lampaya, a Brighton-based user research and UX design expert with over 15 years' experience as a digital nomad. Guillermo is actually our first podcast guest, and we talk about everything from travel to the evolution of UX design. To follow Guillermo, I'll leave a link to his LinkedIn profile in the show notes. We've known each other for... Eight, seven years, eight years? Six, seven years? Six, yes, six, seven six, years. Seven. Wow. Yeah. So we met back in Brighton seven years ago, Brighton in the UK. And um, yeah, I remember when I first met you because I I was making a couple of websites here and there. You told me about Mm. UX and you'd already been doing it. I think at that point, you'd already been doing it um, a little while. Um, So yeah, like how how did it all start? And if you want to tell people what it is you, you do exactly, that would be great. I mean, that, that's fine because I have, obviously, when I was thinking about this call, I, was, I have been thinking about how that started. <laughs> and I was like, I, I, I felt all that. I, I felt all that fuck, mate. I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> is it that long, huh? No, I mean, so all it started, uh, basically, I was studying university. I ended, I didn't deal very well with university. Uh, I didn't like a structured education. Uh, and I ended uh, studying design somewhere else. And uh, a book came to my hands called uh, Design for Usability, I think is the name, from Jacob Nielsen. And that was yeah, the first thing I did. Then I played with accessibility a few years later for a website. And then I moved on from digital and I, 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 I went into video. And a few years ago, I found myself arguing with clients, like, no, this opinionating on designs. And that really, really, really killed me. And I was like, how can I avoid these things? And I came back into that Jacob Nietzsche's first book I read when I was studying uh, and all the world that had been developed around it uh, with information architecture, UX. And yeah, that was, I suppose, my first intro to fully a professionalized, professional UX. I was already in London, uh, or actually, no, I was actually in, in, in Spain at the time with a little agency. And then in London, I just made it just proper uh, through contracting. When I started contracting, I started design, understanding frameworks, what people was doing around the UX world, more on a more uh, structured way to apply to to real business cases and, and, and real industries and, and all areas. Uh, and yeah, that was uh, about now. I mean, I would say 10 years ago because yeah, I had met you. 10, 12 years ago, easy. But yeah, as I say, I started digging into it uh, all my career. I just, uh, the, I hadn't thought about that until now. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, so you, so you started within an agency. Was UX as it's known now? Like, was it, was it, what was it back then? Was it known as that or? Uh, I think that UX just takes uh, a lot of, uh, uh, skills that were being developed uh, 20 years ago or longer uh, uh, with the okay. growth of the digital industries. Uh, people was, I mean, when you start thinking about UX, you start thinking about research. But research was done before, market research. People did research for their products. 
you start thinking about prototyping and testing, but uh, industrial designers were doing that with whole airplanes to de to design the interiors. So UX basically right. starts uh, is the agglomeration of a lot of techniques that were being used to design things uh, and taken into a digital uh, product, digital services. But UX, I mean, if you start using the same framework for other areas, it works because it comes from there. <laughs> it comes from third things that were not digital. Uh, the beauty when you move to digital and UX digital is that the prototypes that you had to do to build a machine uh, and the time that it takes, you just create, you just code one and test it and code another one and test it. <laughs> so the pace is much faster and techniques to do that research. Yeah. So the, the techniques to do that research, the, the, the ways of reaching users have to change to actually uh, meet that speed. So it's for anyone that's like, and you touched on it there in terms of like the research side, but for anyone that's like has no idea what UX is, um, they've probably heard of it because it's hard to not hear of it, uh, especially in the digital uh, freelancer, digital nomad world. Um, it's it's becoming more popular now. Um, how would you describe exactly what you do with UX every day? I mean, the way I describe what I do is I try to uh, understand. Uh, users' needs, uh, that being uh, the, the the drives that a person that that people has around different uh, stages of their life or the different days, and then I try to find how to meet those needs with a business goal at the end of the day. So what I'm trying, what you try to do is create a, a what you want to do is people to enjoy the interactions uh, with you as a service yeah 100 percent. so it's like the the whole i mean ux is so it's the experience someone has with like a product or service yeah and it's exactly you need to you, you want them to to have a, so they are going to use any other services you want them to actually have a good a, a good a, a good uh, interaction with it uh, and for that you need to listen to them you need to hear what they are saying from the beginning like you have to track uh, what works, what doesn't work. You have so you have to UX really as a role in in today's digital world is kind of being the umbilical cord between the users and their needs and one wants and the organization. It can be a charity, it can be a, a but yeah, it's that umbilical cord that. And so, so like on that, it's you are literally speaking to the target audience because it's like in a lot of marketing that I do, like, we never speak to the people that use it. Like, we see their reviews come in once they've used something or a product or a service, but we never speak to them beforehand unless we know someone who falls in that audience. So, like, you are actually get physically getting people together, I'm guessing, to get this kind of information. Yeah, uh, you basically want, I mean, there is no UX without users. Uh, basically, you have to reach the users. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned that because right now in the LinkedIn, I see a lot of posts from co old colleagues or, that apparently there's been a, a pushback on research in the UX industry. And I agree with most of them that, I mean, I haven't I haven't had any colleague that actually defends that posture. <laughs> so, But yeah, I agree with them that uh, there is no way of having a good user experience or designing innovative products and services if you don't, and that succeed, uh, you can design the Google glasses 20 years ago when they were, their constant, the content wasn't right 
for that kind of a gadget, bionic gadget. But yeah, there is, you need to actually listen. What are the needs to actually get that? Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of makes all the difference in the world because I, I base the platforms we use daily, like just by the way it looks. Like even sometimes the color matters. I mean, it shouldn't, but, you know, subconsciously. So <clears throat> any type of interface for some of the stuff we're using to even do this podcast it's just based on on the UX. You know, I think a lot of people take that for granted and they, they want to think about features and benefits. But really, I mean, just uh, having a, a great interface and making it easier for me to operate. I mean, sometimes I'll, I'll use something that may not have all the features of, you know, the next product, but just because it it just feels good to me. You know, like I could tell somebody put the time into it, you know, to make like the to make my job easier and make my interaction easier with it. So. Actually, it's fun that you mentioned the color because uh, the moment you mentioned the color, it just popped in my head. It's not only, it's, it's just so important, for example, the color that can break a tool for a person that has some kind of uh, things such as uh, color blindness. You, if you mm -hmm. rely on the color, for example, you may be breaking it for certain types of people. That's where the UX comes and the testing comes. It's um, what, like this. So there's stuff like color and like layout, which are like the visually obvious things that you would maybe look at. What Are there any things that like, you know, Lee, myself, like a person on the street just wouldn't think of like understanding like what it, as in like, is it like are there things like micro interactions or stuff like that that like contribute to the experience that we just don't, like we think of color and layout because they're like, well, yes, this is what we change. But is there other things that like contribute to like the person feeling good about using it? At the end of the day, you have to think about, I mean, at least the, the projects I work are services. Are, uh, they are processes. There is not like just one thing that happens. Uh, and in today's world, uh, people interact through a lot of channels uh, and they keep growing. So at the end, uh, you when you do UX, you just don't modify one channel or you just don't fo shouldn't focus on one channel. Uh, you have to focus on the whole user journey, how many interaction points they have. Uh, does it happen by phone? Does it happen? Uh, do they interact with a third party? That then, So when you are doing this research, suddenly you sometimes find gaps that don't relate at any to digital platforms. I remember sometime in the past with a client, uh, they had a problem interact between a third party that they had hired and their main company and the clients, there were gaps. Uh, that uh, would leave clients in the limbo for um, for a month. I remember a guy telling me for a month. So these kind of things, when you are doing UX and you talk with users, also pop. So there is not just the UX. You are going to see gaps through the whole service you offer in whatever uh, context it happens. So in this case, yeah, it was that. The people were, weren't able to actually communicate with the third parties or the company and there was no com no, no comms and it actually what happened is that people was uh, get being unable to drive so you are not impacting the website you are if you do it right you're actually or wrong you're actually impacting the mobility of people for example okay so it's all the touch points helping someone move through each step to the goal ultimately so for on the point, let's, I mean, one example I learned from a, a colleague in the past when she was testing because uh, she was doing some research and I really like her example. Uh, a service will be this thing about buying a, an apple. The service is not just the supermarket and buying the apple. Is you are thinking about what apple you want at home. You are having to go from home to the apple place. <laughs> you have to find the place where the apples are sold. 
Uh, and if you are buying apples for someone else, you actually have to remind their favorite apples. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so these kind of things are part of. So, so where are you at the moment, Lee? I just got back from Vietnam. I was overseas. I was in Southeast Asia for for seven months, which was a long time. I'm in the U.S. now in Colorado, um, uh, like kind of in the mountains near Denver, um, and I'm up here for a few days. I figured this is, I mean, nobody's going to believe this is real. <clears throat> They're going to think that that's a, a fucking, you know, Zoom. Hey, you got me. Background. You literally got me. You literally got me. I was looking at your background. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Is that, is that no, a it's real. background? That's real. It's just very well <laughs> no, cut in the borders. Yeah. No, it's real. <laughs> it's real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It still doesn't look real. I'm, I'm looking at it. It doesn't look real. I'm, I'm here. You know, I was going to so. say, you walked off. It looks like a green screen. Probably <laughs> <laughs> could. Shit. Yeah, well, we're yeah, gonna we're, see you in a car in a second like dun, dun, dun. Uh, yeah it's not we're not far <laughs> off from that now with all this uh with all this nonsense now with uh all the digital design stuff with ai like you'll never know what's real like, they're gonna have to come up with a watermark we've talked about that before they're gonna have to come up with some type of filter or digital watermark to make sure we're actually looking at the real thing well now you've brought that up it makes um we, we're gonna have to go there g what is what are your thoughts on what what are your thoughts on AI and I'm I'm interested like just AI in general because why not and then in terms of UX how do you see yeah what 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 are you thinking like what are you predicting or I'm thinking that there is a, I'm receiving a lot of panic about the end of the world because of AI and I just don't think it's gonna happen I think that like, any tool is a, is just a tool. Uh, that means that uh, the value of a human operating the tool is always going to be there, even if it changes the type of value that it adds. Uh, I mean, if, if not, guys, we're going to be a future society of slaves and we are screwed. I mean, there's not much. <laughs> so travel, when I first met you, I, I remember you had a very specific style of traveling. So like you were, you were fully remote contracting but you would kind of do because some people would just work full time and they travel. Um, but you were kind of working and then taking time off and like having like, I don't know, five, six months work, five, six months off. Tell us about it. Cause I know you've been to some amazing places. You traveled, you've pretty much traveled all over the world, right? I mean, I still have, I still have Australia and other places, but yeah, the idea is keep uh, doing that. So, yeah, I mean, travel, I mean, yeah, when we met, I was doing exactly that. I was doing a contract with one client, six months, and then just going somewhere. Actually, when I met right uh, before you, I met you, I was in Southeast Asia for five months. Uh, yeah, I have discovered that for me, <clears throat> five months traveling is enough. I need, after that, I like to have my structure. Uh, I'm not, I, 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 I really amazes me people that can actually be on a place that is a holidays place, like it's a paradise or traveling with activities. And I still can decide like not do that and work. I don't work that way. I need, I need my structure. I need to be in a place. And <clears throat> yeah, that's how I used to travel. I will do a contract then travel six months somewhere, five, six months, then come back to another contract. Uh, lately, I have been doing more like uh, trying to go somewhere and work. Uh, I have tried to go more like, yeah, maybe go to uh, France and work from France uh, during the ski season. Or uh, that the last one I did was, uh, in that sense, was uh, doing the Camino de Santiago on a bicycle while I was working remotely. Uh, <laughs> that, was, that was fun. Uh, 
So yeah, I mean, I my I think that traveling has changed over time. I think the older I get, the the, the shorter, <laughs> the more I, I mean, the more I enjoy doing what I do, work and being a bit more settled. But uh, I still enjoy like yeah, going on. On a, I, I try to make them shorter and include some kind of challenge or some kind of a sport activity. Uh, at the moment, is my new approach. <laughs> how was how was the Santiago? Because I mean, the pictures you sent me were awesome. It was incredible. I mean, it was challenging. I'm gonna tell you the truth. I I, re- I realized at the beginning, at some point, that I was just being scared and I was trying to delay it because it was also. I started during right at the end of the Feria de Abril in Sevilla. So it was like a two-weeks party uh, with uh, casetas and all these things, all these colorful places and, and people just dancing and singing and uh, until late in the night. And I, at some point, I realized I was scared of doing it. I was like, oh, shit, I, mean, I have been delaying that for the last eight days because I'm not sure I want to do to do it. I mean, I'm not sure how I'm going to work remotely. <laughs> Screw my, my client. <laughs> Screw everything. Uh, and as somebody was like, yeah, okay, stop using the ferry as excuse. Tomorrow you jump in your bike and you go. And the funny thing is I wasn't going even to do the Camino de Santiago at all. My plan was, uh, the idea was going through the south of Spain from Seville all the way to, to Portugal and then go up through the coast. But at some point the guy, I arrived to Decathlon to buy some equipment and the guy just started telling me, ah, don't do that. And he started drawing a, a, a map of the Camino de Santiago, Vía de la Plata, <laughs> all the way to Santiago. I was like, I mean, after this, I just cannot not do it. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't, I don't think we asked you, uh, where, where are you located now? Uh, I'm in Brighton. I've been, actually, yeah. I have been oh, okay. here since I met Riz. Almost, yeah. Uh, I like, yeah, I like the summer in Brighton. It's quite nice. It's a very vibrant city and it's a human-sized city that I enjoy. Uh, I don't think I have ever taken a bus here until a few months ago i mean you can literally walk anywhere yeah i gotta gotta check that out now i'm with you on the travel length stuff uh you know i I was gone for seven months uh over southeast asia and it's just i don't know like more than three or four months just feels it's just too much it's nice to come Mm -hmm. back or, or go somewhere different that was that was getting a little old i mean it was a great time but uh but i'm with you there and i'm 43 now so it's like you know, I, I can move around every couple of months, but I don't like to pack up and move every two weeks, that kind of thing. So, no, yeah, I actually kind of agree with you. I think before, for me, it was, for me, it was easier just to uh, drop the house, drop everything, take the backpack and leave. And then I will find another place and start from scratch again. Now it's harder to go through that process over and over. What is the, because I'm obviously at a very different stage. So I'm like, I'm like, oh, all I can imagine is like picking up a bag and going to another place. And I'm like, oh, I'm not going to feel like that forever. Um, what is, what's it like? Is it, is it just like, is it an energy thing or is it just a, like, I mean, it's, I've done it now? I think, yeah, I mean, I enjoy traveling. I mean, I enjoy it a bit. I mean, I just came back from uh, three days in the countryside and we tried to go at least once a, a week on a nice day hike in the mountains. It changes how you do that uh, we are experimenting with wild camping uh, in this area, in the area. I had never done wild camping in in, in the UK or in Europe. Really, uh, we have been experimenting with a different type of uh, of tourism. Uh, we have a uh, yeah uh, the van life, renting a camper van. Uh, it's just different. I just feel like a, I, I like to have a, a base where I can come back, uh, and that doesn't fit well 
with the long periods of of the of, of timeout. Uh, I uh, I have read yeah. For me now, I used to be yeah. It used to be like five months was my maximum. Now it's like three, four. <laughs> it's like the best of both worlds, right? And I mean, I mean, I mean, and it's nice, but and also before I used to travel like every day, changing places. You just jump from town to town every two, three days at the most. Uh, I know that, for example, you just take your back and you just go somewhere for a long time from what I have been talking about with Juris. And yeah, that's kind of the way that I've, I I enjoy doing it more. Uh, you go somewhere and you stay in that place for a couple of months, three months. Uh, but at the end of the day, I also like to come here uh, because I really like this city. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you literally you get everything right. You get all the different uh, modes of living. Then, yeah, and you have a, if you let's say you want you want uh, nature. You have the South Downs that is a beautiful hundred and sixty kilometers uh, natural area. If you want the beach, you have a, a beautiful Brighton Pebble Beach uh, where you can have barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> that is something that, for example, in Spain they don't allow. Uh, and if you want so if you want something else, if you miss the city, you have London 50 minutes away by train. You can literally go for dinner and be back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Lee, when you're when you are in the UK, we'll all have to get to Brighton and meet there. Because yeah. Uh, no. yeah, we have to show you. <laughs> he, no, Lee's probably gonna I'm get there and be like, this is a this is a shithole. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. It's I, not I like pretty. It's not pretty. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's okay. As long as I got food and a pub and somewhere we can hang out, doesn't matter to me. So, I mean, look where I'm at now. There's some quality pubs. Yeah. <clears throat> There's like a gas station over there somewhere where I have to go get a coffee. I'm not sure if it's true, but I think that once I heard that Brighton is the place with more pubs per capita. So, on that leave, we have you covered. That works. I'm in. <laughs> I'll, I'll be uh, head to the airport. Let me just shut... Let me just shut the trunk here and I'll head to the airport right now. <laughs> See you guys soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I never, I never, I never confirm it, but yeah, it, 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 that's the, that's the, that's the word. <laughs> it feels like it. It feels like it. <laughs> what I'm doing now is uh, changing a bit how I approach clients. Uh, the industry in the UK, the contracting industry from for UX has changed drastically. Uh, it started uh, probably before COVID, and but uh, obviously uh, COVID and and. Uh, and has to speed up the process. Uh, a mm. lot of people uh, has been switching and and the industry has shrinked now, now. So suddenly we had a lot of work during COVID. Everyone was digitalizing. The, there was a spike. And now there is a, a, a... The channel I used to use that was recruiters to get job work uh, doesn't work anymore. So what I have been... Uh, what I'm doing more is, is changing the approach to, to find clients. Um, the contracting world in digital in the UK has been hit by... Uh, a big uh, thing that was the IR35 reform in taxes. And then they have been hit by the COVID, uh, sorry, no, by the, by the cost of life, by the increasing cost of life. But the, 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 the contracts have, haven't gone at the same speed. The contracts that people are offering are the same as they were offering seven years ago when I first moved into contracting. So, yeah, I'm trying to find ways of reaching other types of clients uh, through other channels that may be uh, more uh, up to date with the with the changes. And if I get uh, more work than the one I can handle, I would love to actually uh, 
scale, but for the moment, I just want to see if that actually, I'm testing new channels. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, it's a shame that the industry has been hit like that um, in that one channel, but I'm sure, like, I'm sure some of these other channels are going to be, the, are going to be um, worthwhile. It's, it's also fun. I'm going to tell you the truth. I mean, uh, I have been learning that this is another thing that I enjoy doing when I have my breaks, learning about new things getting a bit updated. I have been learning about the uh, conversion rate optimization uh, to, to design a framework for a review that I want to offer to cl potential clients, a UX review of 20 minutes that I would like to offer to them, see what they if they like it, and kind of a hook, uh, how they call it, lead magnet. I have been read <laughs> reading about SEO that uh, I find really important when you are uh, defining a service that is going to be used by people online. Uh, people, the homepage of anyone is Google. Let's not think that it's our homepage, is Google. So I'm learning a lot about that. And then since we told last time that you mentioned call, call email, I literally just, the first thing I did after hanging on you was downloading a book. <laughs> so so it's, a, it's a process and I, I find fun to learn new things. If it doesn't work, at least I get a lot of knowledge that I can actually transfer to other areas. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's, it's really important for anyone watching if they are starting their kind of one person business, the learning doesn't stop. It's automatic as you work with clients and you deliver work, but also as the industry changes and you realize you need to kind of expand learning in different areas, um, it's something to try and keep, keep going. Like, like remember, I, and I've I've been bad at this, like with some email stuff. Like I've like kind of been doing other works and websites here and there, and like I have less time to like improve the writing side. So it is really important for people to try and block out time to learn new things, stay on top of the trends, because um, it will be your competitive advantage. Right. The last thing is tips from you. If anyone's watching, so I know we've, yeah, most people watching, they're either running their own one-person businesses and traveling or they're looking to start. Any tips, anything you would say, perhaps if your younger self was watching this? I was thinking about that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the younger self, uh, what remembers is the, is the is the tip that the, he was given by the contractor that <laughs> introduced him. I had a, I met this guy in one of my first in my first job in the UK, and he was a contractor, and he mentioned it. And his first tip was don't spend too much in a com in, in a house while you are contracting. Just save that money in a travel, but you don't spend in in, in renting a <laughs> house. <laughs> That's the one that comes to me. Uh, the only thing, if you are wanting to start, uh, there will always be people. Uh, if you have a job, you are doing something, you have a good, and you want to start doing it traveling, there will always be people that will ask you, why? Why do you, and you do it the way I do it. Why do you quit? Why do you, why don't you, don't you keep, this is a good paying job. Uh, it's like at the end, do what works for you. Uh, uh, that people may not work for them, but that doesn't mean that it's, it's, it's their work is better. So yeah, uh, just say, uh, yeah, do what works for you. Uh, and if it doesn't work, change it. Actually, I think that that one came from you, Riz. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, we were talking about, yeah, we were talking about, 
when we were in Brighton, we were talking about that, yeah, the, the, that the focus was the process. And that uh, we were talking, I think we were talking about fasting or we were talking about uh, CrossFit, CrossFit at the time. And I was getting uh, into yeah. that world of uh, in the, in the intermittent fasting. And you mentioned at the end, if, if it works for you, you keep it. If not, you just depreciate it. And it just, yeah, that's a... Uh, I think I remember. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Exper- experimentation. Everything's a everything's an experiment. You either experiment and test. Either, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Hundred um, percent. Oh, that's cool. No, I like it. I like it. And don't don't spend money on a house and <laughs> just. <laughs> yeah, that was what he told me. It. It's like don't don't go into a very expensive house. So, how, how did you guys came with this idea of this uh, of this uh, video podcast? Good question. Yeah, I, I don't fucking know. I can't, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, it's only been three months, and I honestly I can't remember who suggested it. I, like, yeah, it's a whirlwind. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we've been through several iterations too. You know, like we were just talking a minute ago about if you got to try something, if it doesn't work, you toss it. If it works, go for it. And uh, we had a ton of ideas in the beginning. We were going to start. Um, and we still could do this in the future. We were going to start like a paid community thing and, uh, we're still holding on to that, uh, right now, but we're going to do more one-on-one stuff with people. Um, uh, so we had like 50 ideas and then we tried one for a couple of days and we're like, that's not working. Or you know, we tried something else Now, how we got on the, I think we, d- we decided on the podcast angle because we wanted to have content somewhere. Like obviously YouTube's a great place to do that, uh, to get followers and, and put ourselves out there. And it only made sense to do the the video version and then also, you know, do an audio version. So and now YouTube kind of links all that together. But how we got started doing this, I don't know. I think we just honestly looked at every angle we could. Uh, and this seems to be like the most user friendly, you know, best way just to get out and in front of people, you know, kind of thing. So I don't, there, there wasn't a plan if that's what you're asking. So this is not, <laughs> there's no, there's no like huge, like five year big, big deal here. You know what yeah. I mean? It was like, ah, oh, let's fucking give it a try, you know, see what happens. I was going to say that that's fun because basically that you had an ideation session, you basically did kind of UX and did not the kind of design thinking. You have an ideation, you tested prototypes of each of the ideas and then came with that that works. 100 percent see yeah. that makes it sound so much more professional yeah. than it really was <laughs> yeah i find one thing that you have if you go back and, and if anybody if anybody ever goes back and watches these from the beginning too like the first one we did was and we decided to post all of them so we did one of these this is number eight now we did uh a couple of these in the beginning that were fucking terrible uh but we're like you know what let's put them out there that way people could see how bad we were in the beginning. And I'm not saying we're good now, but we get a little bit better every time. You know, you're the first guest we've had on, which has been awesome, but it's our first one. So we got to figure out like now the editing and, and, uh, you know, it's kind of making it up as we go kind of deal. But, um, but yeah, but all of our old stuff is out there too. And it's, it's, you know, it's getting, it's getting better quickly, but it's, it was pretty shitty there at the beginning too. It's also really good to do these reps now whilst we're like i'm in the fucking livery whenever he's in the back of a car like like we're like working from home style like it's good to get the reps out now because in fucking six months or whatever when we're like in the same place which we're hoping to do and like if you're 
if you're available, G, and you want to meet up, like we're at some point we're going to do like a meetup of people um, that we've kind of met. We met on a copywriting course, like an online course, a community. Um, and so like there's various people that we've met and like we're keen to like meet up somewhere, like a little, not nothing official, but like a little nomad meetup, um, which would be really cool. But back to my point is we're getting the reps out now whilst the kind of visual quality isn't amazing and we're like, you know, we've got it, you know, our individual earphones. But when we get to the point where it's like really good camera, really good audio, like we'll have practiced so much that the actual delivery of everything is also really good. So it's kind of quite nice and chilled out to to do this now. It's it's enjoyable. And I think that answers your original question, like in terms of like why we're doing this now. It's like actually we do just quite enjoy getting on the getting on this every week now like it's it's um it's fun which is nice yeah yeah and there's there's always lots to talk about i mean whether it's a business issue or or travel that never gets old people love that stuff uh and then ai of course we do little updates here and there and that stuff changes like they probably changed six times since i've been out here you know like some new updates with that (laughs) stuff so but it is nice to to like you know just jump on and just start talking. And the fact that we're like in separate places too, like there's more to talk about because we don't really, I mean, we communicate every day, but like not like on calls and stuff. So I don't know. It's just a, it's just a good time. It's like one of the only things I do that I don't get paid for, but I actually enjoy doing because all the stupid <laughs> client work, I, all that client work I have to do when I go back inside. I mean, it's not terrible, but you know, like I actually enjoy doing this. Like I'd rather do this all day for free and just make a little bit of money on the side. So that's working towards yeah. that too, you know? Yeah, I'm gonna say that I mean you're 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 too 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 harsh with you guys with yourself. I mean I think that uh, I was looking at the one about artificial intelligence in the future. I mean that wasn't that bad. That was good, man. I was I was enjoying your conversation. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's amazing feedback. That's really good. Thank you. Yeah. Well, well, you know how it is too, when you're in the middle of it, like, uh, like even now, like after we've been talking and there's some things skipping around that again, won't be an issue at at the end. Uh, but like, you know, when you're in the middle of something, you're like, Oh man, that that really sucked. I can't believe I said that. Or, you know, like something's, and then when you watch it back, (laughs) that wasn't so bad, you know, that's, that's not bad at all. So yeah, it's a, it's a mental thing, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. It's like a, it's like turning in a client project where you like spend a lot of time on it. And you're like, I'm going to send this off, this deliverable off. And then as soon as you do, you're like, oh, they're going to hate it, you know, or like you, you start thinking about the things you could have done better and then they end up loving it, you know? So it's just, we're, we're, we're the hardest on ourselves. You know, it's human nature. Like we always want to tear ourselves down on certain things. So how was Vietnam, by the way? How was uh, Southeast Asia? You just came back. So I did, um, uh, I did two months in Bali, which was, I know it's kind of cliche, but I figured I got to get there, you know, and check it out. I, I loved it. I thought it was like the, absolutely the friendliest people. I, everybody was smiling and happy all the time. And, you know, not that I go places that have unfriendly people, but it was like exceptionally friendly and the food was amazing. I, you've been there before, haven't you? Or no, not in Bali. No, no. I only did, uh, the peninsula of Thailand, oh, yeah. Cambodia. Yeah. I, I have to hit Thailand one of these days. So Bali was good. Food was amazing. And then Kuala Lumpur was like the middle stop just, just to get some shopping in or have like, like a city, like have like a city feel. Um, that ended up being a little bit, um, just it, the two months there was a little much, a beautiful place, very clean, but it's a, it's a huge city. I mean, there's, you go to Starbucks, then go back, you know, there wasn't a whole lot 
Um, and that, you know, I don't, uh, we could, we'll get into this at some point too, but I don't drink nearly as much as I used to. Like I was drinking seven days a week. So like, there's all these bars and things to do in Kuala Lumpur, but I'm like, eh, you know, if I start down that road again, you know, I'll be, I'll be sitting in some prison camp, you know, in the mountains or something. So I'll just, maybe I'll just delay that. And then, um, then we ran over to, uh, Vietnam. We were in Da Nang for three months which was awesome. It's right on the beach. Beautiful place. Uh, yeah. But again, it was three months, you know, and it's it's tough. Like we were saying earlier, it's tough being away or being away from your home base for that long. I mean, there's all these things I wanted to buy that I couldn't find. I mean, like like little things like stupid, like American problems. Like, oh, I can't get stuff on Amazon. Or I, I want stuff delivered, you know, but it, it matters. <laughs> though. Like I, there was stuff that I was missing that I wanted to get. And, um, you know, but overall, I mean, what a great experience. It, the only thing that really screwed me on that was, and I know we're all in different time zones. Like it's, it's 10 in the morning here, 940, but like being in Southeast Asia with all my clients on Eastern time in the U S that fucking screwed me, man. I was up two in the morning in meetings, which is, which is my fault for having contracts like that. Uh, but the, the areas and the, the cities and the people were amazing everywhere. Uh, the time zone thing kind of sucked. And like some of the availability of certain things uh, kind of sucked. But again, I mean, that's just me being so spoiled, being used to getting everything I want here. But uh, overall, <laughs> though, I, I love the whole area. I don't know when I'm going to go back just because the time zone thing and the flights were fucking brutal. But uh, I love Southeast Asia. But I, I didn't never made it to Thailand, though. That's it. <laughs> okay. So uh, anyway, <laughs> see you guys next time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good to see you. Good to see you, mate. <laughs> yeah. I know, I thought Thanks, that he was going to walk away into the horizon. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I still have to come back and push buttons. I still have to hit end the recording, so I'm going to do that now, as a matter of fact. Ah, back to the editing booth. Thanks for listening. The producer of today's show was me. For more content, join us on our YouTube channel at, at Solo Venture, and links to all of our social media will be in the show notes.